welcome. This is a message from Victory Church. We trust you'll be inspired and encouraged by today's message. How you doing? We need the house lights up so I can see all your precious, beautiful, wonderful, amazing, awesome, lovely faces. Give me a wave. You good? Who's excited about today? You know, people often ask me, why does this happen and why does that happen? And to be honest, I don't know why a lot of things happen. Outside of the obvious, man stuffed things up a long time ago and we're just paying for the consequence and we continue to make silly decisions. But you know what, there are some things I just don't get and I don't understand, but that's not what I want to focus on and it's not what I want you to focus on. What I choose to focus on is what I do know. When, I, when I'm confronted with things I don't know, I choose to focus on things that I do know. And I do know that God is sovereign. I do know that God is in control. I do know that God does not have surprises. Nothing ever takes God by surprise. Do you believe that? Do you believe that God doesn't start at the beginning of your life? God starts at the end of your life. God saw your last day before you were even born. God saw your last day before the creation of the earth was even formed. He knew your end from your beginning and your beginning from your end. God is not disappointed in you and he's not disillusioned about you because he never had any illusions about you in the first place. He just knows you. The argument I have with so many people is this, people who feel they're called and then they let God down, then they feel disappointed. And my question to you is this, if you feel in that category this morning, do you believe God starts at the end of your life? Yes, he does. He knows you from the beginning to the end. Which means he knew when you'd stuff up. He knew when you'd mess up. But guess what? He still called you. So don't be so disappointed in yourself. Don't be so disillusioned about yourself. God's not disillusioned with you because he never had any illusions about you in the first place. He knows you through and through. And he chose you anyway. He called you anyway. He loves you anyway. He didn't love you because you went to church. He just loves you. As a parent, how many can say you just love your kids? Oh, they might tick you off, but you never stop loving them. You don't stop loving them because they don't go to bed on time. That can annoy you, but you don't stop loving them. God's like that. He just loves us. So give yourselves a break this year. Because I believe this is going to be one of the most creative years of our lives. It's going to be a year of new things. But for creativity to flow, you've got to be de-stressed. You've got to be chilled. You've got to be relaxed. Albert Einstein said this, why is it that I have all my best ideas in the shower? I'll tell you why. Because that's when you're relaxed. How many, I mean, I know this is a little bit gross for a Monday morning, a Sunday morning, but how many of you honestly say you kind of get to hear God in the shower? Who's ever heard God in the shower? I have. On the toilet. How many, how many ever heard God say, put some clothes on? How many heard that? It's, it's true, it's going to be relaxed. Somebody's so uptight, just chill. Turn to the person next to you and say, take a chill pill. It's got to relax. Breathe in, breathe out. Well, welcome to Vision Sunday. Never quite know what we're going to get, but this is how we're starting this one this year. With a whole heap of random something or other that I trust God's in. 
I just thought before we get into where we're going, it might just be good to recap over last year. Last year we started with this thought that 2008 for me was one of the busiest or toughest years of my life personally. And uh, it was tough just because of some of the things we were stepping into, buildings and, and raising monies and, and building teams, etc., etc., etc. But there's also a spiritual element to when you say yes to building the church. And so for me personally, it was lonely and it was tough, but it was one of the most greatest years of my life. One of the toughest, loneliest years, but ultimately one of the most making of who I am today kind of years. 2008, toughest year of my life. 2009, the busiest year of my life, putting this thing together with all you wonderful people. Busy, busy, busy. Who could concur that 2009 was a busy year for you? And then 2009, we we sense that there's going to be something of the year of God's favour. And so we introduced a few things last year, but for the most part, we just got on this incredible ride called the favour of God. We didn't do a lot of things. We didn't instigate a lot of things. We just enjoyed the favour and the blessing of God. And we had the most fruitful, prosperous year ever. We had about 75 people baptised for the very first time uh, last year, which is awesome. We had a hun- over, 100 pe- about the, over 150 people, salvations and rededications last year alone, which is awesome. You know, our church has definitely grown. In fact, one of the highlights for me is we ran out of chairs last year. We, we need more chairs. We ran out of flipping chairs. Isn't that awesome? And one thing we often don't talk a lot about in this church, because there's a lot of pretense around this and a lot of kind of showboating around mentioning numbers of churches and how many is in your church. And we've always tried to steer away from that because it has its place. And then for the most part, when people do mention numbers, they kind of, they count fingers, not hands. You know, it's kind of like, they don't count people, they count the fingers on the hands of the people or something, and it just gets exponentially massive, and there's no reality to it. But I can say to you, this to you, that our church, the people that we are pastoring, the people that are visiting regularly, the people that call Victory Home has gone over a thousand people, which is just fantastic. We get a lot more people visiting than that, but uh, those that call this place home, which is just really awesome. And whenever we mention numbers, we, we tend to do it at our own detriment at times and, and understate more than overstate. Uh, I, I think they're both lying. If you understate or if you over-exaggerate, they're both lying, but I, I feel more comfortable understating than, than overstating. And so these are some of the things you need to know because it really was a great, great year last year. And um, We had holiday, uh, Kid Go holiday programs. We had the biggest numbers ever. We had uh, 500 kids at the last one, which is fantastic. So well done, Mick and Katie. That was great. The Significant Woman Conference with Alex City was a massive, massive success. And I know many lives were changed in that, which was excellent. I know for the men, probably the highlight was the bloke, which is just really, really fantastic. It's amazing the amount of men that are in this church now. And the first thing they came to was the bloke. I trained with a guy that I didn't know before the bloke. Trained with him in the gym. And I just think, man, this is what I love about the church. You haven't met some of your best friends yet. You haven't met your husband. I mean, in the next year, there's husbands waiting. There's wives waiting. There's friendships to be made. Here's the weird thing. There's pools in Adelaide that you're going to swim in this year and you don't even know them yet. Have you thought about that? There's food in some people's fridge that you're going to eat from this year and you don't even know them yet. They're going to come to church. There's going to be a connection. They're going to get saved. They're going to say, come to my house. And you're going to be standing. I, I, I want you to do this this year. When this happens, you say, this, this, this is Tony's prophecy. I'm, I'm standing in front of someone's fridge. I didn't even know them at the beginning this year. And here I am eating and eating and eating. 
And if you're anything like me, there are certain people that come into your world, you kind of regret how much they eat, like Maddie Knowles. It's like, oh my gosh, God. Isn't that awesome? I, I just think it's so exciting. And I stand by this thought that the work, church at its worst is far better than the world at its best. The church is not perfect, but it's awesome. It really is. It's the only thing God is building in the earth today. And so the bloke was fantastic. We had uh, a couple of trips overseas to India and Madagascar, and they were just phenomenal. And we hosted the Influencers Youth Conference, which was excellent. And we initiated a few programs like the Nurture Program for new mums and the Gym Program, uh, which was fantastic. And also the Bread Ministry, thanks to Moggy and all the bread from... uh, Where do you work? Baker's Delight. And so there's been a whole heap of faithful ladies bagging up the bread and giving it to the right people, which is good. And they're just a few highlights for the year. So I want you to know that last year for us was an incredible, incredible year of favor. And so with that, I want you to turn your Bibles with me to Nehemiah chapter 2, verse 17. And if you don't have your Bibles, look on the screen and follow me if you would. Nehemiah is an incredible man that lived a few thousand years ago and uh, was instrumental in doing something great for the people of Israel. And uh, it says in verse 17, Nehemiah speaking, Then I said to them, You see the trouble we are in. Jerusalem lies in ruins and its gates have been burned with fire. Come, let us rebuild the wall of Jerusalem and we will no longer be in disgrace. I also told them about the gracious hand of my God upon me and what the king had said to me. And they replied, let us start rebuilding. And so they began this great work. You know, before we talk about vision, it's, it's just good to take a little bit of a stock take and think, what is vision? Yeah. Now look at some things about what vision is, then we'll get into some of the more practical things for us this year. But when it comes to vision, there's some things that we need to know about vision. Whether you knew this or not, I trust it will be of benefit to you. You see, every vision starts with a problem. You've got to understand that. If you see a problem, that's good because that's where vision starts. Jeremiah, Nehemiah saw a problem. He said, the walls of Jerusalem have been broken down. He saw the problem and that's where vision starts. It always starts with a problem. When we started this church, we recognised there was a problem in dear old Adelaide. And this is the problem that we face as a church. We faced it 16 years ago and we face it today. Here's the real problem. People hate church. That's a problem. In actual fact, they tolerate God more than they do the church. In actual fact, if you really push, people don't have a problem with God so much as they have a problem with the church. That's our problem. Our problem is people don't know what we know about the church. That's our problem. We have a massive problem that the majority of the people in the city of Adelaide think church is boring, untrue and irrelevant. That's our problem. And if you're aware of that, That's the beginning of vision. What you don't want to do with that problem is just give up and say, well, I'm going to join everybody else. Nehemiah didn't say, I see the walls have been broken down and do nothing about it. That was the start of his vision. Recognising a problem is the start of your vision. So if you see a problem, that's not a bad thing. It's what you do with that problem that you see. 
Who knows, maybe by you seeing and being aware of a problem, God is calling into a, you into a new ministry this year. Instead of saying, why don't we do this? Maybe, why don't you do something about it? Because that's where vision starts. It starts with us recognising the problem. People don't have a problem with God. When people are in trouble, they pray. But they don't always come to church. But they do pray. And so we as a church recognise that there's a massive problem in the city that by and large people think that church is boring, it's untrue, it's irrelevant. That's where vision starts. It starts with a problem. Secondly, vision provides a solution. It's not enough just to see a problem. Vision will always provide a solution. Nehemiah saw that the walls were broken down and he provided a solution. Let's rebuild the walls. <laughs> Isn't that awesome? The walls are broken down, so let's do something about it. Solution. We have a problem. People hate church. Let's do something about it. Let's build the church in such a way that the unbelievers, the non-church people can enjoy it. It's always been my passion to do church in such a way that the unchurch can enjoy it and get it. We do church for the unchurched. We do church in a way that the unchurched can enjoy coming. I love blowing the minds of people that are unchurched. You think about it, the people that you've asked to come to church, they've got a perception about what church is. And for the most part, it ain't a good perception. And they come and they say, wow, this is what we get all the time. Wow, I didn't expect that. It's more like a rock concert. That's not a bad thing. It's not a bad place to start. Because that's what people are going to. And so we want to provide a solution. Our solution to build a church that the unchurch enjoy coming to. And so when we preach, three things should come from the platform every time. The message should be biblical, practical and inspirational. It should inspire to put the, uh, for people to put the Word of God into practice. It's not a Bible study per se. We want to preach in such a way that unbelievers, unchurched people can latch a hold and we can deal with the problem. We don't want to preach in a boring manner because that's what they already think about church. We don't want to preach on subjects that are totally irrelevant to where they're at. It's part of the solution of this church. Our decor and our building is part of the solution. Do you know one of the problems we face as a church is that shopping centres are pouring money in and they're having shop fits every five years and if the church doesn't move with the times, pretty soon it becomes irrelevant. And people can't engage with the church and every businessman knows this, that they've got to move with the times. They may be presenting the same product but they've got to move with the times in the way they present that same old product. Are you with me? And so when we do what we do, it's about engaging the culture. People think that we should get back to the Bible or back to 2,000 years ago. But if we did that literally, I'd be wearing different clothes. We'd be meeting in little homes and it would just look totally different. 
but we want to move with the times and the age in which we live. It's all part of the solution. So when we do all this, you might sort of say, what's that got to do with my, my development as a Christian? Not much. But let me let, let me let you in on a little secret. Everything we do is not for you or about you. But if you understand the bigger picture, if you understand the vision of why we do all this, is to be a church that is for the unchurched. All of a sudden, we'll understand it and we can give and we can get involved and we can get excited about some things that don't affect us directly, but indirectly the church grows and lives change and it becomes a place whereby we can invite our friends. Because as a young man growing up, I had this dilemma. I loved our local church and I loved our local pastor, but I did not want to bring people to church. And our pastor would say, bring people to church. I'm saying, yeah, I love you. I love the church. I just kind of, the gap between what I, my world and the church world is just so big. Don't get me wrong. I love you and I love God and I love the church. And so what we've tried to do is provide a solution where the gap becomes less. Don't ever want to compromise the message. But all this is part of the solution to the problem. And the problem is people hate church. They think it's boring, untrue, irrelevant. All this is part of the solution. Is this making sense? Is this helping some of you to get on board? Go to a shopping center. People will leave their home to go to a shopping center because it's cool. Or because it's warm. Or because they can get a good coffee. We can provide all that. All of a sudden, it's not that irrelevant, is it? What a waste of time. It's actually not a waste of time. If you're thinking bigger and seeing part of the solution. If we don't address these things, we'll get left behind. We will become irrelevant. Just because someone's not a Christian doesn't mean they're stupid. The Bible actually says it this way. Some non-Christians are far smarter than Christians. And just because a non-Christian says that's irrelevant, it doesn't mean that they don't understand. It means actually it could be a wake-up call for the church that actually what you're presenting is irrelevant. They could actually be right. We can't just put our head in the sand and say, what would they know? They're not Christians. No, they've got a brain. And unfortunately, there's a lot of Christians that don't use their brain. And so we're providing the solution. Thirdly, vision explains the reason. Jeremiah says, we will no longer be in disgrace. That's why we're doing this. See, Jerusalem was meant to reflect the greatness of their God. And as long as the city of Jerusalem was in disarray, it reflected poorly on God. And so, Nehemiah presents the reason. God is great. But this reflects poorly on our God. This is why we've got to do something about it. And I want to say when the church is ignored, it reflects poorly on God. We've got to do something about it. We can't just have church on Sunday and let the world go by. We've got to do something about it. It doesn't reflect good on God. God is a God who loves people. And that needs to be reflected in our lives, in our services, in all that we do, Monday through to Sunday. And so these are some of the reasons why we do what we do. We don't want to be ignored. We don't want to be tolerated. We want to be an answer. We want to be a help and a hope. 
And the fourth thing is this, that vision requires a response. It says, so they said, let us come and rebuild the wall. They said it. They bought into the vision. And it said they began the good work. People embraced and ran with the vision. And I want to say this categorically. For everything that I'm about to talk about, we need to respond. We need to get involved. We need to put our hand up and say, you know what? I may not be able to do all of that, but I can play my part. The biggest problem with the church is too many sit and do absolutely nothing. This is what I really feel for this year. I believe that 2011 is about us doing less with more than more with less. Let me explain that. I believe that if we catch this today, the result will be that we'll be doing less as individuals because we'll have more people involved. For too long, this statistic has stood in the church that 80% of the people do nothing or do 20% of the work. And 20% of the people do 80% of the work. And there's a lot of burnout in the church, not because people are being overworked. That's not the issue. That's the result. The problem is there's too many people doing nothing. That's the problem. The problem is not that people are being overworked. It's that too many are doing nothing. If everybody played their part, nobody would need to be burnt out whatsoever. And so I'm calling you to come with me on a journey and put your hand up and get involved. Because for us to go to the next level, for us to embrace some of the things we're talking about, it's going to mean help, financial help, help with the area of your giftedness, help with your time. Otherwise, we sit back and we watch people burn out and we say, see, that's why I never got involved. But it never had to be that way. If we all played our part, there would be no burnout in the church. So the problem is not burnout. The problem is laziness. The problem is a lack of focus. The problem is a lack of willingness to get involved. Is this making sense? And so when you break it down, it's real simple. Vision starts with a problem. It provides a solution. It explains the reason. And it demands a response. When we got that... You've got a thing called momentum. And we move forward into the new things that God has for us. Is this making sense today? And for this to happen, vision needs to be clear, simple, and repeated regularly. And so we never apologize for going over some of the things we've gone over many, many times before. As a church, we believe that our mandate is to connect people to God. To connect people to his church, and to connect people to their purpose. If I can see more and more people getting involved in those three things, I will die a very happy man. People being connected to God, people being connected to his church, and people being connected to their purpose. It's not just enough to be connected to God, then go off doing your own thing. I want to see them plugged into a local church. Because that's what Jesus is coming back for, his church. It's the only thing he's coming back for. It's the only thing he's building. I am passionate about his church. 
And so we desire to see people connected to God, to His church, and to their purpose. And we want this to become more than just a mantra, more than just a cliche, more than just rhetoric. We want people to own this vision because when you own the vision, it becomes a driving force behind all that you do and all that you don't do. When you own a vision, it makes decisions for you. When you have a vision, you're not, you're not tossed and to, and to and fro about decisions to make because vision makes those decisions for you. And so, to help us own this big vision, we need to break it down to bite-sized goals. And we do this at the beginning of every year. Vision Sunday is a time for me to share my dreams for the year. Things that we desire to achieve and things that need to be changed. And this year, I want to highlight seven main things And to help us remember it, I'm just calling this year 7-11. Seven things I want to see take place this year. Some of them are changes that take place every year, which brings me to our first point. This year, we want to bring on new leaders. The first one is this, new leaders. I don't know if you remember last year, and this is probably the, 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 the big blip in my life and the biggest thorn in my flesh of last year, is mentioning that we wanted to bring on an eldership couple and we never got around to it. And there was a very good reason for that. We were waiting for a certain man to come and to ordain Cess and Nick and, and there was a lot of excitement around the announcement of them coming on to the eldership team and, and we waited for this man and to change the date and we waited for this man to change the date until I thought, you know what, I'm going to get somebody else and then it was too late in the year and everyone was booked out. Well, I want to stand here on 2011 Vision Sunday and say, this year... We want to bring Seth and Nicola Vega onto our eldership team. And to prove that I'm serious, it's happening next week. A friend of mine who's known to many of you leads the Coastlands Church down south. Uh, his name's JD. He's coming, and along with his wife, they'll just ordain Nick and uh, Seth into the position of eldership and obviously preach. So next week, you don't want to miss next week. Next week's going to be a great time of celebrating as a family a position that is long overdue for Nick and Seth. Amen? So uh, I doubt over the 12 months uh, anything's changed. In actual fact, probably some of you thought, oh, I thought they were elders, which is kind of cool. So uh, I've apologized a thousand times to Nick and Seth for the delay. Uh, on top of that, we want to uh, bring on a whole heap of deacons. Deacons work with the eldership team. I do have a list of names for the sake of time. I'm not going to go through them. I will mention them possibly next week. Um, but we've got about 25 uh, deacons that we want to bring on because as the church grows, so the leadership team needs to grow. And so we've recognized some faithful uh, men and women who can help us and are already serving in the church. And so we want to recognize them publicly and lay hands on them and pray for them. And so there's about 25 uh, deacons that we want to bring on to our current leadership team. On top of that, we're bringing on some uh, extra staff this year and uh, repositioning some. Um, This first announcement I have, again, some of these things aren't going to affect you directly, but they will affect you indirectly. Because if we get our staffing right and we get our leadership team right, I'm going to be less pressured, there'll be less on me, and so I'm going to be able to do what I do and it will flow down. So all these things are going to affect you either directly or indirectly. But the first announcement I have is, is a real, is a real, it warms my heart. 
because we've asked a young lady to come and join us on our reception team, secretarial team, and she's starting a traineeship as of Monday. And uh, I say this little lady, she's taller than me, she's like massive and she's just awesome. <laughs> Most people are taller than me, but anyway, um, this girl's been in the church for about 14 years. And to see her as a four-year-old and watch her just grow and develop and develop and grow, it's a real delight for me to tell you that Minnie, or Lauren, as many people would know her, is coming onto our staff and helping Barb in the office. Where are you, Min? There she stand up, stand up, stand up. That young lady's name is actually Lauren, which is what she'll be answering the phone with. But to everyone here, she's Minnie, and probably always will be. So well done to you, Min. You're just a real delight and a real blessing. That will mean that Barb then can become my official PA and kind of organise my life, which will just be a pray for her, please. Um, so that's great. I mean, we've, we've banded the term around in the past about her being my PA, uh, and there's been some measure of reality to that, but this year I want to get that position right. And so Barb's uh, coming away from the desk, being my PA. I, obviously, she'll oversee Minnie there as well, which is good. Um, there's a young man that we've brought onto our media team. His name's Steve, and he's actually in Sydney at the moment, studying in Hillsong, uh, all going well. He'll be over with us probably by mid-year, and uh, he's kind of uh, employed at the church part-time to do some of the media stuff. So We'll see a lot more video testimonies and, and, and things like that, which will actually release Drew. Drew's done an incredible job. I don't know if you know this. He really has. In actual fact, this appointment of Stephen is more about releasing Drew as much as anything because Drew's done a whole heap of things. And this year, I want it to be a real focus year for him so he can just give time and attention to the youth group, so, uh, which would be great. You can clap Drew for that. Um, and the other one is this guy on the front row here. Um, Mick Roberts has been volunteering two days a week for about 57 years. <laughs> I, I, it feels like that, doesn't it? It's been a long time. And we just really honour him and, and, and for what he's done and been prepared to do for nothing. And uh, that, that's got us through the last few years, which is great. So we want to rectify that this year and actually start paying the guy, which is good. So well done to you, mate. You deserve that. And this, this last position isn't yet filled, but I, I want you to... I, I'm looking for a business manager slash office manager, someone who can be my Joseph. I don't know if you know what, know what that means, but uh, Joseph, the Bible says that with Joseph in charge, Pharaoh concerned himself with nothing in his kingdom. And uh, I don't have a kingdom, <laughs> but... There's lots of things that need to be taken care of that are still very much in my mind. And if we could get this person, and I've, I've talked to a couple of people and uh, one thing or another. But I, the jury's out on that one, and uh, I just want you to pray in that area. Because I feel we can get some major traction if we can have this position filled so that I can be freed up from doing some of the things I just give too much of my time, attention, and energy to. These are the decisions that I believe really will take our church from where we are to where we need to be. So there's some of the leadership changes that are going to be made. So I'm very, very excited about that. Uh, the second area is some new ministries. We want to hear some new ministries that are starting this year. One of seven was new leaders. Two of seven is new ministries. Um, 
Where's Sky and Kestrel? Why don't you two stand up? Just stand up. This is, this is Sky and Kestrel. For some time, I have felt, unbeknownst to me, they were feeling the same. Unbeknownst to me, there was a number of others who were feeling the same. We've got to do something about our young adults. That age from 18 to 25, which statistically is the age where people fall out of church. And we want to do something about it. That's the problem. We want to do something about it. The answer are these two. <laughs> Coupled with a group of men and women that are going to get alongside them and really help them. They've got some great ideas. And so they want to really take care of the um, 18 to 25s. It's a group they're called Oxygen or O2, which is kind of cool. And it's going to be based around connect groups events and outreaches into colleges and universities. And that's what really excites me. I really believe the biggest fallout in that age group is boredom, a lack of focus. And I believe one of the key things that's going to help that group is actually giving something back. You know, because when you get to that age, you've received, 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 received. Then there comes a time in your life you've got to actually give something back. And so we're believing that we can have uh, our universities and colleges infiltrated by people from this church to make a difference and let people know, you know what, you don't have to do the whole sex, drugs, rock and roll thing. You can have an incredible life. You can have life with a capital L. You can have life to the max. And it can start here at this group called Oxygen. Why don't you come along? So uh, that's very, very exciting. So I'm very excited about that. So watch this space. I've talked a lot about um, this church being a church for the unchurched, you know, and some of you might say, well, where, where does that leave room for the Christian that wants to grow and mature? Good question. Well, we believe that uh, churches should be growing. And there's so much resource out there, it, it, it's almost unforgivable if you're not growing because there's books and resources and tapes and all the rest of it. But we want to facilitate some of that. And so um, Pete is reinstituting uh, the Bible school again this year, which would be great. And so we're kicking that off on a fortnightly basis. It will be running um, fortnightly uh, alongside of Connect Groups. And the first subject he's going to be looking at, and he won't be doing all the teaching, there'll be a number of teachers doing that, but is apologetics. Maybe, Pete, do you want to just quickly come up here and just explain a little bit about what you're thinking for this? Um, That would be great. So let's just welcome Pete as he comes. How you doing? Um, Yeah, apologetics. We just figured that... um, that would be a great subject to kick off with. We've, we've sort of spent a bit of time around this towards the end of last year. And, and I think we're living in a world, as you've heard me say possibly many times, but we really got to have answers for people as to why we believe. Why should anyone be a Christian and not a Muslim or an atheist or a Hindu or a Buddhist or whatever else there is out there? Why should they be a Christian instead of those things? Well, apologetics really is reasons why. And so, you know, it, it might start with things like for people that for, they have a, a big distrust, for example, of the Bible. The Bible is just a book of you know, fairy tales, really, for a lot of people in their thinking. And so we dismantle some of those wrong perceptions about the Bible by looking at why the Bible is trustworthy. A lot of people don't believe in a resurrection, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. We look at some of the historical evidence surrounding that event that suggests, hey, look, even if you don't believe us, that's fine, but you're going to have to defy the evidence that suggests it's more likely that Jesus rose than he didn't. These are the sort of things that we want to have a look at. We want to challenge people with regards to their worldview and things like that. So there's some of the things. So apologetics is really just a big name for like strong reasons, okay, reasons to believe. And so I reckon it would be great for us to kick off our, our Bible school with that. And from there we'll, we'll press on and have a look at some other things. But I think that's a, that's a great start. It will help equip all those people that are going to be there. So thank you. Good. Well done, Pete.
So get along to that. There'll be more information about that. This is not an information even. This is just a vision casting, okay? So all the information, see the information desk or see the respective people that we're pointing out. That would be excellent. And the last thing we... Um, uh, our, uh, what is it? Um, new Ministries is just the rebranding of our LifeWorks ministry. Um, LifeWorks has been a community arm that works alongside the church. That is changing names um, to Victory Community Care. And Moggy will be overseeing that at the helm. So thank you, Moggy. whole heap of things that he has in place when I reach into hospitals is uh, talking to people in schools and chaplaincies and all the rest of it. So that would be great. Uh, three of seven is special events. Some of the special events we've got coming up this year is a youth camp in July. So for all the youth, July 22nd, mark it in the calendar, get along to that, that'd be great. Uh, Significant Women Conference in September, so all the ladies here, that is definitely happening in September, okay. Uh, keynote speaker yet to be announced. Real Men is hosting the bloke not once, but twice this year. Once in May and once in November. And sorry, yeah, I wrote May, but it is March. Good, thank you. Once in March and once in November. And the November one is going to be um, dovetailing with a kind of semi-conference, so it'll be a big outreach bloke evening, and then on the Saturday conference with keynote speakers um, from overseas. So that will be great. Okay, just letting you know some of those things, which would be good. Uh, there is a possibility, and I'm just throwing this out there, that Mark Driscoll could be involved. Could. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. But we're just, I just sort of throw that out there. If he's not, it could just be me. But no, no. <laughs> so we're just, just letting you know that... Um, That'd be good. Um, the 55 Alive group, any 55 Alive group out there? Fantastic. Uh, they're having a camp this year in May, and they're also having a conference in September. So if you are of the age of 55, thereabouts or above, uh, see Bob and Denise and uh, put those dates in your calendar. That would be excellent. You can see as a church, we really do try to cater for every age and every dimension of the church. Uh, KidGo is running again this year. Pretty much in every school holiday, there'll be a KidGo event, and Mick and Katie are at the helm of that, along with a 1,000 volunteers. So... Uh, don't miss out on those ones. And some of the keynote speakers that we've already locked in for this year are JD, who's coming next week, um, obviously from Coastlands, to do the ordination. Uh, on the 27th of February, uh, in the Sunday PM service, um, we've got John Bishop from the USA. So he'll be over here. He has, a, he's a, he has one of the, literally one of the fastest growing churches in America. And he's becoming a good friend to JD. And uh, I'm getting to know him uh, through the friendship that JD has with him. So uh, he'll be with us on the 27th of February. Um, Chris Venand, who is from the USA, spoke in our church last year, will be with us again in June. Uh, do you remember Craig Clark from South Africa? Mario, Super Mario. He's coming back again in July, which would be good. Peter Howard Brown, who would be known to many of you, is coming uh, in September. Uh, Grant Crawford, also from South Africa, who has a, a ridiculously growing church. It's just insane how well they're doing. Uh, he's coming to be with us in November. He's coming all the way from South Africa to be with us. And uh, Kath and I actually have the opportunity to go to his church in May to speak at a women's conference and do one of their 13 services they have on a Sunday. So uh, that's just going to be a crazy, crazy time. So they're the ones we've got locked in, and I'm sure there'll be others along the way. So just kind of letting you know what we do know about that. So there's some of the special events that are coming up. Four of seven is our outreach opportunities. I don't know if you know this, but um, we have a team of guys that go in um, on a Friday night to help at the soup kitchen. 
in Angus Street, and uh, I just want to say I really appreciate that. Uh, you guys are just doing it. You often don't get mentioned, but uh, thank you for what you are doing. I know you do it because you just love doing it, and uh, if you want to get involved, maybe see Dwayne or Rod Mangos or Danny Morton, whoever involved in that, so uh, I'm sure you can have more and more people helping you with that. So they just literally help out uh, on a soup kitchen there and uh, give food and soup and bread and all those things to those that are underprivileged. So that's one thing that we want to continue this year. Uh, I know Drew's real passionate about reaching into the schools uh, as always, but three in particular, you know, we can go into a lot of schools and have no effect, or we can target certain schools and have a lot of effect. And so three main schools we're working into this year is King's Baptist, Tyndale, and Parafield Gardens High. So along with their bulletproof vests and lots of prayer, they're going into that school, (laughs) which would be great. Um... The, through our new group, Oxygen, we really want to smack Mawson Lakes in the college and university there. So again, if these are some things that interest you, why not put your hand up, see the information desk or see the respective people and get involved. I believe we're going to see a lot more 18 to 25-year-olds come as a result of what we do specifically. And we're working in conjunction with Red Frogs. Red Frogs is an organisation. You talk about a vision and a solution. How's this? On the Gold Coast many years ago at Schoolies Week, uh, people were trying to, Christian people were trying to uh, help out as best they possibly could uh, with some of the people that are getting drunk, this, that and the other, as happens at Schoolies. And uh, no one wanted to listen to them. That was a problem. But there is a solution for every problem. And so I don't know how it was kind of started, but uh, the long and the short of it is they uh, had Red Frogs, lollies, Start off out like Red Fox, oh, come in here, mate. And through that come in here invitation, opportunities came. And an organisation called Red Frogs has emerged, and we're going to be working with them into our college and into our university. So isn't that awesome? So we'll pray for them and play for their dental plan as well. It'll be good. It'll be awesome. Um, they're... India is obviously very much part of our heart uh, based on what happened last year um, and so uh, I know Moggy and Graham and Trevor are actually going in a couple of weeks to India uh, to follow up with uh, Matthew Thomas and what they're doing at his church in a conference there. So these are ongoing trips that we'll be doing into India which is great. We also want to, through our connection with Don and Margaret into the Aboriginal community, is work with them. So that gets very, very exciting. We can do dads and lads trips possibly. The whole heap of opportunities arise because of Don and Margaret going in there. That, that's our doorway. Without, without that, there's not the trust. They're very suspicious. But because of what Donna and Margaret have been able to do with the Aboriginal people, it does give us a doorway into that community and who knows what else. So that's something we really want to do. Is that something that's on your heart for, for the Aboriginal people? It's great that we help other countries, but I know if you're anything like me, there's something for our local Indigenous people that I really want to get involved in. And we have not been good at that in the past. So I'm really trusting the doorway of opportunity for that one this year. Um, and uh, this is just one thing I'm going to throw out there. We're going to do a, a, a Zumba-style dance night, um, which was brought to us by... This is not my idea. But it was actually in conjunction with a one-off flood relief opportunity get people in our church that wouldn't otherwise. And I said, you mean people who wouldn't normally go to church would come into our building? Let's do it. Yeah. And so it's, it's, it's a one-off, but I would love it to be a, you know, a weekly, nightly, whatever, because... Why not? So if you're, into, if you're into Zumba or aerobics or Pilates or, or whatever it is, these are opportunities. I throw it out there just to say this is one thing, but hopefully that one thing will give ideas to you guys and be creative this year. So we can do the ah, Pilates. I don't even know what Pilates. Ah, just whatever, you know, just whatever. Um, maybe you can put your bold ballet shoes on, mate, and we can do some ballet as well. I don't know. 
But uh, isn't that cool? I, I love the idea. I thought, let's do it. People in our church raising money for flood relief, this, that, and the other. That's awesome. We, we, we conveniently put the coffee on and we have some Christians hanging around getting to know them. It's awesome. So that'd be great. So that's some of the things that we're going to be doing this year. Five of seven. Everyone say social networking. This is not a new thing, but it's something that we don't embrace as a church well. I want us old and young to embrace the social network far more than we do. You know, um, there's some things we can do as a church to advertise, but I want to tell you, using the social network, Twitter, uh, Facebook, um, blogs, this, that, and the other, I tell you, we, we can save the church a lot of money by the advertising you can do free of charge on Facebook and Twitter and blogging. I'm telling you, we, we don't use it well enough. It's not new. And you say, I'm oh, the older people. I'm telling you, let's, let's just embrace the technology. I know there's a lot of junk out there. I know it's abused badly. I know it's used wrong. But we can use it correctly and make an incredible statement about what God is doing. I would say don't use weird Christian language. But we can just really shine the goodness of what God is doing through the social network. And I want to tell you that you'll, you'll reconnect with people you haven't seen for years. Let's use the social networking opportunities far more than we presently do. Also, for me as a growing church, one way that you can stay connected to me, okay, is through following me on Twitter, following me on Facebook. And you can see all this go straight to our website. It's all there. You've just got to click on and just follow me or whatever. And, and you'll get to see some of the things that we do. You'll get to see that I've got a life outside of church. I've actually got family and I actually do enjoy doing other things. And, and you'll get to follow what I'm doing and, and feel a part of my world as this church is growing. I'm telling you, it's an incredible strategy if we embrace the social network. I can't make you do it, but I'm telling you, I really feel unto God, if we don't embrace this, we're going to miss something in God. And wouldn't it be fantastic if a whole heap of Christians started using the social networking um, network uh, in a way that actually redeems yeah. Facebook yeah. instead of all the you know, language that's out there. And can I say, as we do embrace the social network, I'll talk to the young ones, as we do embrace the social networking um, network, <laughs> what's your language? Yeah. Don't post anything in your anger, you'll regret it. Okay, so that's all I'll say about that. Okay, so let's, let's just really, really um, utilize it far more than we have. I've also um, going to be meeting with a young man this week, and, and, and I want him to um, really take ownership of our, our Facebook page as, as a church and our Twitter page as a church where we can get great quotes and recommended reading and daily reading Bible plans, all those sort of things. So if, we, if you say, why don't we do this as a church? We are. It just may not be in a, in, a, in a form that you're familiar with. So please start thinking more technology, social network, and you'll be more informed as a Christian and as a member of this church. Does that make sense? And hopefully, like I said, some of our elders will start using it more and you'll get to know more about them as well. That'd be great. So uh, that'd be really good if we could do that. So social network. Everyone say social network. <laughs> Very mindful of time. Number six of seven, we want to finish this building. I am so grateful to all the work, effort, finance that's gone into this building. And uh, last year was just a year of favor, and I just enjoyed, oh, this is awesome. This is, we didn't do it a lot. We didn't focus a lot. But now I'm looking around and thinking, you know what? There's things that really need addressing, you know, and uh, we need a garden. We need signage. We need our cafe finished off. We need upstairs, the mezzanine upstairs. We need that finished off because the kids have run out of room. We need these things done. And uh, I, I, I anticipate we need about $200,000 to get the building to a stage where it's going to feel finished. There'll always be little things to do, 
But I really want us to consider how we could, things we could go without this year in order to finish this building. Does that make sense? Yes, there'll always be things. There'll always be things that need doing. But I'm talking about just a general sense of, of, of completion. That would be great. Again, what's the point of that? What's the purpose of that? Well, you know what? We're competing with shopping centers. We're competing with cooling. We're competing with heating. We're competing with all these things. And if we just kind of rely on people's goodness well, to put up with the heat, they won't do it for long. And this is an opportunity to say, we're so serious. As we're going to invest in such a way that we can complete this building. Does that make sense? Okay, so we really want to bring that to completion this year. I'm, I'm, I have faith for that. And part of that, obviously, is the uh, things I've already mentioned. One big thing I want to do is get a playground for the kids. I mean, we've got to get a playground. Can, can it become an indictment on you that we don't have it? Can you just get really annoyed? I mean, it's just ridiculous. In, up to now, we haven't had the finances to buy the kids a playground, be it an indoor one or an outdoor one. I don't really care right now, but we want... Get angry. Get like me. Get angry. And about this one, okay. But don't get angry at people. Just get angry with your wallet. Okay, that'd be great. Put your angry eyes in, all right? That'd be good. Um, so that's great. And obviously part of that will be we need more chairs. We really do, which is good. Which brings me to the seven of seven. And this, this is new territory for us. This is something that we've never done before. This is something that other churches have embraced and we've been you know, slow to embrace because of circumstances and situations and, and me getting a conviction about it. But my conviction has grown over the years and this year for the first time ever, we want to take what we've got here. Who likes what we've got here? Who thinks we've got something here that's worth exporting? Well, that's why we're going to launch out into another community and do a multi-site church this year. We talked as elders whether we should mention where and this and that and all the rest of it, but we're not going to because we're still in talking uh, stages. Some of you think, oh, I know where, and that's good, good on you, well done. <laughs> and some of you may even be right, probably not, but whatever. But uh, we, we have been looking at some venues, and, and, and I tell you, this, this thing's growing in me, you know, and uh, what I've not wanted to do is do it too soon. I've not wanted to do, it, I've not wanted to do anything because everyone else is doing it. I want it to be our conviction. And this is something I toyed with about five years ago, and I thought, could we do that multi-siting from up at 38 Nelson Road? And I thought, no, nah, for multi-site to work, this is, what I've, this is what I believe. For a multi-site service to work, it has to be from a large, healthy base church. And I don't think we had that back there. I think we had a growing church. But I feel there's something in our DNA, there's something in our makeup now, and there's a maturity whereby we can launch out and so we will tell you more about that when we know more but I don't want to just throw out hypotheticals I want to throw out things we've locked in this is what we're thinking but I do want to make you aware of it so you can pray about it think about it get excited about it talk about it in a positive way because you know um, I think the biggest thing for me when I was in South Africa this is this is what settled it for me I was in South Africa last year and uh, I was talking to somebody who'd been to our church and they said, if you could pick your church up and put it in South Africa, you would rock. And I thought, you know what? They're right. And it was that moment I thought, actually, we've got something that's worth exporting. And so I started to think about the whole thing differently. I haven't always felt like this, but I'm feeling like it so strongly now. And so as we uh, know more, we will let you know more. But just generally, what do you, is, is that something that excites you as a church? Just doing this. And again, that's why we need more people, more volunteers, more involved. 
because we don't want to lose momentum what we're doing here. But I, I don't know if you're really aware of this. We're running out of room here. And I don't know if I want to do another building project just yet. <laughs> so, still getting over that. Pete's still shaking. Uh, <laughs> Jeff and uh, Toff, they're still fighting. It was just no. So I, I really get excited about the opportunity. And if I, as I say that, if our musicians can come, that would be great. So these are some of the things we want to do this year again. Big vision, to connect people to God, to his church, and to their purpose. What, is the, what does that look like? How is that tangible for 2011? These seven things. That is going to take place as we embrace new leaders, new ministries, take the most of outreach opportunities, embrace the social network, it's wonderful to talk big vision, but this, this is the nuts and bolts of it. How do we connect people to God, His church, and their purpose? Social network. New leaders. Multi-siding. That's what we're going to do, and we're going to do it this year. Amen? And we're going to massage it in, and massage it in, and massage it in. We're going to take up offerings. We have times of rest. Because we believe in all. We believe in working hard, playing hard. We believe in giving. We believe in spoiling yourself. All those things. Will you please stand with me? God's a great God. There's a time to pray. And we need to be a praying people. There's a time to read your Bible and we need to be a people that read our Bibles. There's a whole heap of spiritual disciplines like fasting I believe we need to be a part of. But all of those things must be outworked in a practical way. Otherwise we're going to have no effect in our community. As a leadership team, we don't just sit there and think, what can we do just to keep people busy? What can we do just to keep them entertained? We're here simply sharing our vision. And I'm just speaking on behalf of our leadership team because God has called us as a church to be large enough that we have an influence and make an impact, but to be small enough that we care. We don't want to become so large that we lose the care, but we don't want to be so caring that we have no influence or impact. I believe it's a both ends. I believe this church can and should be thousands and thousands and thousands of people. It has to be because there's thousands and thousands and thousands of people in Adelaide that need what we have. They need what we have. And so I pray that you can embrace all of those seven things and get them into your heart, get them into your spirit and not fight us on it, but embrace it. Embrace the vision. Embrace it that we may go from where we are to where we need to be. And I sense this 2012 Vision Sunday, we're going to look back over this year and some of the highlights. It's so exciting. Giving report back on how our multi site's going and how so and so's going, who met so and so, who got married in that year. And it just gets so exciting. From the small, the marriages, to new churches being planted and birthed. Can you get excited about that? Can we just give the Lord Jesus Christ an incredible round of applause? He's so good. This is the end of the message. 
Thank you for taking the time to listen, and God bless. Living.